Isn't it amazing that we have a God who allows us to come into his presence? Somebody that is a king. Somebody who we have, we have no, there's, there's no reason why he should love us. But we have a God that is moving in our lives, who is fighting for us in every battle that we go through. We can fix our eyes upon him and he is continually helping us to move forward into a closer and deeper relationship with him. And it's absolutely amazing. As, as we were singing that song, I was just thinking about that. Come alive in the name of Jesus. We are saved by Jesus Christ, our King. There is no reason why he needed to go to the cross for us. There's no reason why he should have. It doesn't make any sense for all the things that we've done in our lives, all the bad things that we've done, all the sins and the iniquities that we've committed. But Jesus still went to the cross anyways. And I was just thinking about that. And it just, it puts a whole new perspective in my life of just how, it, you know, I, I, I don't think of myself very highly a lot of times. And I need, I tell people all the time and I need to tell myself uh, this more than I think I tell other people. But the fact that I am a child of the most high king, not that it puts me on a pedestal or it makes me any better than anybody else, it doesn't. But the fact that I have a God that loves me that much, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Father, I just wanna thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, God, that we can come before you. We can come before your throne on our hands and knees and bring to you our needs, bring to you our wants, bring to you the things that we, we just need to bring to you, Father. And then you answer us. I thank you that we're able to do this. I thank you for loving us enough to send your son to die on the cross for us in spite of who we are. There's nothing that we did to deserve that. There's no work that could amount to us, uh, us being deserving of what you've done for us. And so God, I just wanna pray right now as we go into the service, let us thank you every single day of our lives for what you've done for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I'm excited today because I have the pleasure and the honor to bring you guys the, the message for today. And as many of you know, maybe you've been hearing it. You may, Maybe you heard TJ talk about it a little while, Pastor Daylight talk about it a little while ago. Maybe you've seen it in our Discord. Maybe you've seen it on our social media. Maybe you've been a part of the Reconnects. Maybe you've heard it 800 million times, but I'm going to tell you again. Our church is going into an amazing, amazing time where we're going to go through 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm super excited for it. And uh, and so it, it, 21 days of prayer and fa fasting, essentially what it is, is we're going to start after first service today, if you're watching first service, and if you're watching second service, then it's going to start after second service, and it's going to go through February 5th, and after first service, if you started on first service, your fast will break on February 1st after first service, and your fast will break on February 5th after second service, if you're watching second service right now. 
And so we're going to go through these 21 days. I think it's going to be amazing. I think God's going to do some amazing things. But one thing that I do know is that for me growing up in church, I went to a church that didn't talk a lot about prayer and fasting. Not that people didn't do prayer and fasting, but it wasn't like a church-wide thing where people would go into it together. People would talk about it every once in a while. My pastor would sometimes talk about it, but he didn't really teach about it. And so when prayer and fasting really, as I started to get, go through college and I started to hear more and more about it and study a little bit more about it, I really didn't have much knowledge of what prayer and fasting was all about and why we would go through that. I knew some of the basics. I understood the, you know, you can fast different things. I understood that it gave you more time to spend with God. I understood those things, but deep down, I didn't understand the intention of going into prayer and fasting or why people would go into prayer and fasting. And so essentially this whole entire sermon today is why do we pray and fast? We're going to talk about why, we're going to talk about the what, the intentions of it. We're going to go through all of those different things. And so my first question I'm going to ask you guys is what is prayer and fasting? So prayer and fasting, really, it's a time for us to go to God and essentially give up something that satisfies us, something that satisfies our needs or something that we rely on in life. And we give it over and we allow it not to distract us. We give it away for 21 days as we go into the 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. We go give it away for 21 days. And we, instead of relying on whatever that thing is that we're giving away, we're now relying on God. We're now relying on God to satisfy that need or that want that we have in our heart. Maybe you're going to be fasting something like food, right? I rely every single day, okay? I'm not going to lie. You're, you might make fun of me. I rely on my spicy chicken nuggets at about 11 o'clock in the morning every single day to have those spicy chicken nuggets with some ranch dressing to get me through until the afternoon so then I can eat something that may be, may, might be a little bit more of a healthy lunch. You know, It might be some more spicy chicken nuggets if I'm having a busy day and I only got a little bit of time to microwave some food. But I rely on that to give me energy or to get some food in my body so that I don't have any hunger pangs or anything like that going on, but I rely on that to get me through the day. Maybe some of you rely on video games to kind of defrag your brain, right? You, you, you so when you come home from a busy day at work or a really bad day, you decide that you're gonna play your video games, you know? You're like, I just need to defrag my brain. Listen, I do it too. But maybe during this 21 days of prayer and fasting, God has been telling you, hey, I, I want you to give up the video games currently right now. And I want you, instead of having a really bad day and coming home and going into your room and turning on your console or your PC, instead you'll go into your room and you'll get on your hands and knees and you go before God and you'll go into his presence so that he can bring you peace, so that he can bring you that joy instead of seeing or thinking that you can receive it from something else. Maybe you'll be giving up binge watching TV or Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever that might be. Maybe maybe you're going to give up social media. Let me tell you, I'm not a big social media person. Many of you know this, but I know people who they will they'll be scrolling. They'll be scrolling on their phone for hours and hours and hours and you'll even see those posts every once in a while that says stop scrolling and open up your Bible. <laughs> you know, and so you're like, "Oh, I really should do that." But then we continue scrolling. And I know people that will do that for hours and hours and hours every day. And so as you give up these things, it's going to allow more allotted time to be able to spend with God so that we can grow into a deeper relationship with him. 
A lot of people before they go in, uh, or uh, some people, I, I, I don't know what it is about prayer and fasting. Let me say this first. I don't know what it is about prayer and fasting, but for some reason it is 800 more times difficult when you are prayer and fasting to give up whatever it is than if you weren't prayer, uh, going into a time of prayer and fasting. So let me give you an example. When I go into prayer and fasting, I'm not a big breakfast person. I know, I know I should eat breakfast and I know there are a lot of people in here that don't eat breakfast, okay? I can go through an entire day where I don't eat breakfast, I don't have you know a morning coffee and sometimes if it's a really busy day, I'll even skip lunch, not intentionally, but I'll skip lunch. And then around dinner time, my wife will come home from work and she'll say, did you even eat today? And I'll be like, oh no, I, I completely forgot to eat today. It's like the life of every gamer, right? We have those days where we just completely forget to eat. And then we go and we eat. But when prayer and fasting comes upon, I don't know what it is. It's like this random, just just evil spirit comes down. And all of a sudden, you're just like, ah, oh, I didn't have my coffee today. I didn't have breakfast either. I haven't eaten breakfast for two and a half years. But when I'm prayer and fasting, my goodness, it's the worst thing that could ever happen in your entire life. I didn't have this today. I didn't have that. And the reason probably why is because you're focusing more on what you're actually fasting than, than it used to be. Obviously, our intention and, and, our, and our focus should be on God more. But we do focus a little bit on what we're actually fasting. And so I don't know why it comes down upon me like that. Like, like I haven't eaten breakfast in, in years, but I know, I know tomorrow when I wake up in the morning, I don't have those chicken nuggets sitting in front of me at 11 o'clock. It's going to be the worst thing that I've ever gone through in my entire life. And then the other thing is, is before we go into prayer and fasting, before people go into a time of prayer and fasting, people will pray about what it is that they're going to fast. And I, I want to encourage you. If you not, if you haven't gone into a time to ask God what it is that you're supposed to be uh, fasting this week, I, I would I would encourage you to do that today. Maybe you'll start after second service because you haven't really gone into prayer about it. But here's what I want to tell you: is if God is telling you something that seems like it's going to be so hard, I mean, to the point where you don't even know if you would make it through the 21 days. You're like, I feel like during the 21 days, I'm just going to fail. That's probably what you're supposed to be fasting. It's supposed to be challenging. It's supposed to be something that you feel like you can't live without. And give it away so that you're relying on God and God alone. If you feel like you're, you're getting something that's not challenging at all, it's probably not what you're supposed to be fasting. So if... Pastor Daylight came to me. Oh, Pastor Boz, what are, what are you fasting this week? Yeah, I'm fasting uh, watching basketball. I don't even know you watch basketball. I, I don't. <laughs> Why would you fast something that doesn't satisfy you in any way, shape, or form? But that's the reason why we go into prayer and fasting is to give something up so we can rely on God to satisfy our needs, so we can allow God to rule in that area of our life rather than allowing something else to allow us to get through. And I do want to say this as well, almost as a disclaimer, for those of you that have, uh, you know, uh, medical issues or medication that you take and things like that, you know, I have multiple sclerosis. I do have to ask my doctor what I'm able to do to go and fast. And so my doctor told me what I'm allowed and what I'm not allowed to do when I'm doing a fast of food. And so I just want to put a disclaimer out there. We don't want you guys to harm yourselves in any way, shape or form. 
And so definitely talk to your doctor if that's something that you feel like you are going to be fasting is something like food or something like that. So I just want to put that out there because I know that's a question that I get every single year. But that is what prayer and fasting is. But my second question for you would be, why do we fast and pray? Let me give you one thing that we don't do, okay? We don't fast and pray to be seen as more spiritual than other people. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. And basically what he said is the spiritual leaders and the Pharisees during that time, they would go out on the streets. They would make their, their they would make themselves look like they were being tormented almost. They would rip their clothes. They would, they would not clean themselves up. And they would basically beat on their chest and pound on their chest and proclaim to the streets and to everyone that they were fasting and that, that it was the worst thing in the entire world essentially. So when somebody walked by in the street, they would say, wow, that person right there, he is spiritual. You see how much torment he's going through as he's fasting? And that's not what Jesus wants. And so what Jesus told the disciples, is he said, when you fast, clean yourself up. Clean yourself up and don't even tell anybody that you're fasting. Do it in secret. And now you might be saying, but Boz, you're talking about it on Twitch. Our whole entire church is going to a time of fasting. How are we doing this in secret? I think the intentions of what Jesus was saying was not necessarily to do it in secret so that nobody knows. I think that some people do do that, and I think that's completely okay. But what he was trying to say is don't put yourself on a pedestal to be seen as more spiritual than somebody else. You're not doing it to be seen as more spiritual than somebody else. You're doing it so that you grow into a deeper, loving relationship with Jesus. And now this can look like many things. People go into fasting because maybe they're going into public ministry. A lot of times people, they will, they will go into a time of prayer and fasting because they're going into full-time or even part-time, some type of ministry, and they'll go into a time of prayer and fasting. We see this in the Bible even. You look at Jesus, the life of Jesus Christ. He went into a time of fasting before he started his public ministry at about the age of 30 years old. And you might be saying, yeah, but he was kind of forced to go into here. Yeah, he kind of was, but he also knew he was going to be going into a time of fasting. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be to, to not eat for 40 days and 40 nights and to be tempted by Satan. He went through many trials during that point. He went through a time of fasting and a lot of prayer. He was ministered to angel by angels after it, after he went through all of that. And then after that, then he started his public ministry. Maybe some of you are going to be seeking God's wisdom during this time. A lot of people, they, they want to grow in a closer relationship with God. And so they seek the wisdom of God. I've, I've talked to many people where they say, Boz, I, I'm really trying to hear from God, and I, I just haven't been hearing from him lately. And I, and not everybody, but a lot of times I'll ask, well, how much, how much time do you spend with God? Like, how much do you read your Bible? How much do you pray? And I'll get this answer sometimes. Well, you know, I, I, I read my Bible for a few minutes, a couple times a week, and I pray before, you know, every meal before I go to bed. And like I said, this isn't everybody, but I do get this answer. And what I would say to you is, if I was trying to get an answer from my wife, okay, and my communication with my wife was as limited as what I just said about communicating with God, 
I'm probably not going to actually logistically get an answer from my wife because I'm not spending any time with her. I'm not spending any real time to communicate with her, to, to, to fall into a deeper loving relationship with her. And it's the same with God as well. We need to be spending that time communicating with him, praying with him, spending time in his word. And fasting will allow you to have that time allotted aside to be able to grow into a deeper relationship with God. And so when you seek the wisdom of God or you're seeking an answer from him, he'll have more time to be able to speak some truth into your life, to be able to shine some light into whatever the situation is that you're going through that you're looking for answers about. But one thing that I really, really, really want some people to focus on, because every single person in the entire world struggles with this, every single person struggles with sin in their life. So one thing that I do want you to focus on during these three weeks of prayer and fasting is repenting and finding victory through Jesus Christ. Repenting basically is just having the mindset to turn around from something, from a sin that you know and that you recognize and that you see in your life, having a completely different mindset and going in a completely different direction from away from it. And so you used to say, well, this is something that's in my life. I used to go towards this, but now I'm going to go in a completely different direction. And so you take that and you go completely away from it. But then I would say that you need to find victory through Jesus Christ. So let me read for you guys a couple of verses. The first one comes from Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 through 5, and it says this. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. When we spend time with God, when we spend time with God and we're praying, he's going to start to work on your heart. He's going to start revealing things to you that you didn't even see at first. He, you're going to start recognizing sins and, and things in your life where repentance is needed. When you're, when you're spending quiet times with God, he's going to really work on your heart where you might find bitterness that's in your heart that you didn't know is there. You might find pride. You might find lust. You might find so many different things that are in your heart. When you're spending some alone time with God, he's going to start showing you these things because he wants to work on them. He wants to break those things apart. But here's the thing. It's not just about the repentance. This is a time to stand up and claim victory through Jesus. There's so many times that we have a sin in our life and we try to claim victory by ourselves. We try to get rid of a sin in our life by ourselves. We won't tell anybody. We just have it and it's just been sitting on our hearts. We have this guilt and this shame building up inside of us. I can't get rid of this pride by myself. I can't get rid of this bitterness. I can't get rid of this or that by myself. And we try to claim victory through ourselves. But the only one that can give you victory over these things is Jesus Christ. When you are coming into a deeper and closer and loving and intimate relationship with him, He's going to start working on your heart so you can stand up and claim victory through him and him alone. And we know this because the Bible tells us that we got to claim victory through him. 
So I want to read one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it's verses 54 through 57. And it says this, But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written. This is so good. Hear me here. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting, of, or the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that in a time of prayer and fasting, in the midst of it, we're going to see marriages being restored. We're going, to see be, we're going to see hearts being mended. We're going to see people who have had the chains of anxiety and depression falling off of them. I think that we're going to see people being healed in the name of Jesus Christ from disabilities, physical disabilities or mental disabilities that they have. I think we're going to see people who are celebrating because they're finding victory over their sin. And I want to encourage you, when you start seeing these things happening in your life during the next 21 days, celebrate with each other. Go into the Discord. Tell somebody what is going on. It will give them motivation to continue moving forward. And we're going to start seeing some amazing things happen in this church. We're going to start seeing amazing things happening in your life individually. And we're going to see us growing closer and closer in a relationship with Jesus because we're finding victory through him. He is perfect and everlasting. And I can tell you, it's going to be an amazing, amazing time for our church if you will do this with us. But that brings one last question that I have for you. What is your intention of prayer and fasting? I think I've gotten this wrong a lot in my life. I've gone into times of prayer and fasting with the intention of seeing a breakthrough of healing in my wife. I've gone into prayer and fasting with the intention of seeing a breakthrough in healing for myself. As I, as I told you before, I believe, I struggle with multiple sclerosis. So I, I struggle with that where I, I, gone, I went in with the intention of having God do something. And so I was talking to my mom a couple of weeks ago, and I know that we should be going in with the intention of just growing in a deeper relationship with God. But I was talking to her a couple of weeks ago, and she said something that really moved me, and it kind of revealed something to me, and it just hit me hard. And so I want to tell you guys what my mom told me. She's a huge mentor in my life, and I love her. And she said this, we do not pray and fast to move the hand of God. We pray and fast for God to move our hearts. Let me say that one more time. We do not pray and fast to move the hand of God. We pray and fast for God to move our hearts. When I ask people why they're going into a time of prayer and fasting, I get a variety of answers. I do get the ones, like I said, that I've had before where they're going into it and they say, I'm going to a time of prayer and fasting because I need healing in my body. 
I'm going into a time of prayer and answer, uh, prayer and fasting because I want to see restoration. I'm going into a time of prayer and fasting because I want answers from God. I want God to do this. I want God to do that. I want God to speak this into my life. I want God. I want God. I want God to do something. We do not go into prayer and fasting to move the hand of God. We go into prayer and fasting for God to move our hearts. All of those things that I just stated, they're all good things. And I think that we should be praying those things. When we are praying and fasting, we should be praying for healing. We should be praying for restoration. We should be praying that God would speak to us and that he would give us answers. But that should not be our intention. Our intention of going into prayer and fasting is to grow into a deeper, more loving, more intimate relationship with, with our creator and with our savior. And let me tell you, when you are fasting, it is going to give you more time to spend with God as well. I've seen a lot of people, I say that they don't understand the point of fasting because all it's going to do is give you more time to spend with God. And they say, well, why don't we just go on our, on our phones or get an alarm clock and set a time where we set aside to spend with God. And as a Christian, we should probably be already doing that, to be completely honest. We should already have a time allotted to be able to spend with God on a daily basis to grow into a deeper relationship with him. But fasting will give you more time. But like I said before, it's not just about having more time to spend with God. It's about sacrificing something, sacrificing something that you feel like you need, something, sacrificing something that you rely on so that now you're allowing God to satisfy that part of your life. You're allowing God to be the one that you lean upon so you can get through whatever it is that you're going through in your life. But I want to tell you something. When God starts to work, he's going to start shaking up some things in your life. There's going to be times it feels like an earthquake is happening. And I got to tell you, these things, it's not always good. It's not always, it doesn't always feel great when God starts shaking up things in your life. And I, I would, I would guess, I would actually say most of the time when God is shaking up something in your life, it doesn't feel good. And we sometimes we attribute that to say that Satan or, 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 or there's an enemy force or something that's coming against us. Let me tell you, we give, we give the enemy too much credit for the things that happen in our lives. We give the enemy way too much credit. Sometimes it's just God is allowing you to go through something so he can shake up something in your life. And it can be very scary and uncomfortable at first. But I want to read for you guys. It comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26, the first part of 26. It says, Paul and Silas, they've been preaching the name of Jesus Christ and they get caught and they get thrown into prison. And it says this in Acts 16, 25. It says, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Now remember, they're in prison at this point. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. Let's stop there. So that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. I'm a very visual person. So when I read the Bible, I, I love to imagine what was going through the disciples or the apostles' heads when they were seeing something, when they were following Jesus Christ. I love to imagine what they were thinking during those moments. I can only imagine what John was thinking when he was 
sitting in front of Jesus in a crowded house and people started tearing up the roof, the very roof of the house, a house that wasn't even theirs to lay down somebody that was paralyzed in front of him because they couldn't get through the front door. I can only think what was going through Peter's mind when he was on the mountain, when Jesus is transfigured in front of him. I can only imagine what was going through their minds. And Paul and Silas here, I can only imagine what was going through their heads in that split second when the earthquake started. We've been preaching to you, preaching about your name, Jesus, to so many people. People are being saved. And then you allowed us to get into prison. And now there's prisoners listening to us. Now, Paul and Silas didn't know at the time that this was probably going to be the first sermon ever for the church of Philippi to start. But anyways, they're sitting in prison and they're preaching, they're, they're, they're singing hymns and, and, and they're pray, praying to God. And then an earthquake starts. God, we could have did so much more if we were out on the streets. We could have told many more people and now an earthquake, this is how our life is going to end. That's it. Preaching about the name of Jesus, get sent to prison for what we're doing for you. And then an earthquake, it doesn't make any sense. But let's read the next verse or the same verse 26, the end of it. It's not the end of the story. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. The foundations of your life, they're being shaken by God because God wants to do something and make an impact in your life that you have never seen before. He wants to start shaking the foundations in your life so that the doors are being opened so that you can finally live up to the potential that God has been, God created you to have so you can walk through those open doors. God wants to see the chains that have been hindering you, the chains of anxiety, the chains of depression, the chains of a physical disability, the chains of whatever it might be that's been hindering you from moving forward. He wants to see those things being unfastened. You might not understand the earthquake that's happening, but God wants to take those walls that have been guarding your heart and he wants to put cracks in those walls and not just cracks, he wants them to fall down. And the reason why is because you built up these walls because you had some past hurt in your life and you don't want to be hurt again. So you built up these walls to guard every part of your life. And that does not allow other people to come in to show love. It doesn't allow other people to come in and show encouragement. And it doesn't allow God to be able to over to overwhelm you with his love and his joy and his peace. And so what he does is he starts shaking the foundations of your life. So those walls will come crashing down so that Jesus can start pouring into you so that other people that love you can start pouring into your life. You might not understand the earthquake that you're going through, but I promise you this, that the foundations are being torn up because God wants to lay down a foundation that cannot be shaken. That can, that can only be your life is being founded upon Jesus Christ because there are cracks in our foundations. We talked about that a couple weeks ago here at God Squad Church. There are cracks in our foundations. There's weak places that Pastor Daylight was tell, telling us about, but God wants to, he wants to tear those up and he wants to lay something down new in your life. So you might not understand during this 21 days of prayer and fasting why there's a trial going on. You might not understand why there's something being shaken up so much in your life. He wants to bring something so much better and he has something so much better prepared for you than you could have ever thought. The potential that you have is so much greater than you could ever imagine each and every one of you, every single person that is in the chat, you have a purpose. 
God wants to bring that out. He wants to see that purpose that you have. And so some of you in here right now, you're coming in for the first time and you're watching this. Some of you are a part of our church and you've been here for a long time. I want to encourage you. If you have not decided yet that you're going to take up the challenge of prayer and fasting for the next 21 days, I encourage you right now. Pray about it. Go into this with us. There is so much more that can come out of this than I think you could ever imagine. God wants to work in you. And yes, prayer and fasting, it is hard. It is not easy. I know I was joking about my chicken nuggets later or earlier, right? But the thing is, it's prayer and fasting, it is not easy. It is not fun. But I promise you on the other side of it, God is going to do something amazing as you grow into a deeper loving relationship with him. So I encourage you, those that are here right now who have been a part of our church that want to grow into a deeper relationship, that want to see this church go to new places that we've never been before and see your relationship with God go to places that you've never been before, take up this challenge of prayer and fasting. But maybe some of you, this is your first time ever here at God Squad Church. Maybe this is your first time ever setting foot in a church. And you're, start, you're hearing about this, this God that can do amazing things. You're hearing about this guy named Jesus, and you've heard about him before, maybe. You've heard that he saves the sins, but you never really understood him. You didn't understand that he can share a love so deep for you that you can never, ever imagine. That he can bring peace in the midst of all the chaos in your life. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And you can only receive that through Jesus Christ. If this is your first time hearing about Jesus, and you want to you see these things in your life, you want to have that change, you want to have that love, maybe, maybe you've been let down by people. Maybe you've been let down by things or jobs or whatever it might be. I promise you the one person that will never let you down is Jesus Christ. God is a faithful God and he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never let you down. And so I want to give you the opportunity right now, those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, I'm not asking you to go into prayer and fasting. But I am asking you, do you want to start a relationship with him? Maybe there's some of you out there who've been slipping and falling. You've been, you've, been, you've been just so deep in sin. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Jesus because you haven't been in a good relationship with him for a very long time. Listen, I, Jesus came to this world and he lived a complete, pure, perfect life so that you one day could go to heaven. He died on the cross so that one day when you stand in front of God the Father, your heart would not be filled. He wouldn't see all the sin and the guilt and shame that's upon your heart. He would see the blood of his son Jesus that is covering you. And he will say, come in my good and faithful servant. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And so many people that ask me, well, if God loved people, why would he send people to hell? 
I would argue back that he doesn't send people to hell that we choose to go there ourselves when we don't choose Jesus Christ in our lives. The invitation is there for each and every single person that has ever lived on this earth to choose Jesus. So I want to implore with you, if you want to see that life, you want to see your life turn, turned around, you want to have that abundant life that, that the Bible talks about, you want to have that love, you want to feel that joy, I encourage you right now, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him right now into your life. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now, or maybe, like I said, you want to rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I receive your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. Jesus, come and live inside of my heart. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up right now for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ into their lives for the very first time? And I'm believing that not only right now, but people later on that are watching the VODs, people that are watching YouTube later in the week or later this month, that people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And can somebody do me a favor? Or not somebody. If you did just accept Jesus Christ for the first time, or if you rededicate your life, let's do both. I want to celebrate with you this decision that you are making because i promise you it will change your decision your your life uh forever forever and so if you did make that decision today what i would ask you to do is put a yes in chat i don't want to put a spotlight on you or anything but we want to see you in the chat we want to be able to celebrate with you and congratulate you as well because this is an amazing decision we got people saying yes in the chat hallelujah your life will be changed forever. And it is, like I said, it is an absolutely amazing thing. So if you did make that decision, if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, what I would ask you to do if you made that decision today is to click on that link. It will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. The reason why we do this though is so that we can connect with you. When you make a decision like this, it is, it is a very... It is something that is so new and not, we don't always know where to go from here. Maybe, maybe you have questions like, where do I start reading in the Bible? Where, you know, what is this water baptism thing that, that I've heard so much about? What, you know, we want to be able to answer those questions for you. How do I pray? Things like that. We want to be able to connect with you and answer those questions for you. It's not so we can send you a ton of emails or anything like that. I want to personally you know, connect with you one-on-one -on -one to be able to answer those questions for you. So if you did make that decision today, click on that link and fill out that form so we can connect with you and so we can help you as you start on this new journey with Jesus Christ. And guys, this is the reason why we do everything that we do here at God Squad Church. We're seeing people um, it, I, every single week, we continue to do these services and we're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to people all around the world. And it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to do this. 
We're going to go into a time of giving, give, offering and giving. And essentially the thing is, is this is another form of worship that we have. You know, we, we, just, we just talked about the word of God and we sang earlier and those are forms of worship, but giving is also a form of worship. It's giving up something that you rely on specifically to be able to give over to God and trusting that God is going to continue providing for you. And it also helps this church to continue doing what we're doing every single day. And so once again, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. And you're going to watch a video in just a second that's going to show you all the multiple safe and secure ways that you can give. But I just wanted to thank you once again. So God bless you guys as you give. Here at God's Watch Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.